Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Things have gone from bad to worse at the FBI. The newest thing should frighten you. We'll talk about that tonight. Talk to David Limbaugh. Jen Psaki's back in the news. All that's coming up on I'm Right. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you kiss your wife or husband goodnight. You go to the kids' room where your kids sleep and say a little prayer with them before bed. Say goodnight to them. Kill the lights in the house. Crawl into bed. Close your eyes and go to sleep. Let's say it's a Saturday morning, Sunday morning. How do you wake up? 
Well, it's not to the alarm you probably have set on your phone. How do you wake up? You wake up to a loud banging on your front door. You look out your window and there are men, armed men. They have surrounded your home. You approach the front door to see who this is and what's going on. Your wife is now awake. She's crying and screaming. Your children are now awake, scared out of their minds. Imagine what would be going through the mind of a child when it comes to something like this. You ask them who they are. They say they're the FBI. You explain to them, okay, that, that's fine, that's fine. Can you calm down a little bit? I have, I have kids in the home. I'm not resisting. I'm not doing it. Could you calm down? They respond, no, we will not calm down. You open the door. Your wife, your children, you put to bed the night before, they're sitting there watching their father have rifles pointed at him. They don't know if he's about to die. They don't know what's going on. You ask them for a warrant. They respond that whether they have a warrant or not, you're going with them. That's not some movie scene, the newest Netflix series you're watching. That just happened to Mark Houck. Now, maybe you're sitting there saying, Jesse, well, what did he do? Have 25 to 30 FBI agents show up at someone's home? It's gotta be a murderer, right? Drug dealer, child predator, armed robber, whatever it is, this guy must be dark. You show up with 30 plus federal agents and point guns at him. Well, I'm glad you asked what he did. What he did was this husband, father of seven, what he did was make himself out to be an enemy of the current corrupt regime we have in this country, and that was his only sin. And if that doesn't frighten you, again, I, whatever your political leanings, I know communists hate watch the show, we have people in the middle, people on the right. If what happened to Mark Houck didn't frighten you, you're either naive, you're stupid, or you're in on it. Every single person who resides within the United States of America should be reading this story and they should wake up today extremely afraid of what's happening in their country. Because here's what actually happened with Mark Houck. You see, Mark Houck is a pro-life activist. Pro-life activist. What does he do? No, he doesn't firebomb abortion clinics or any of the crazy stuff the pro-abortion people do to the pro-life clinics. No, no, no. What does he do? He does sidewalk counseling. Here's what sidewalk counseling is because he's a devout Catholic. Sidewalk counseling is you stand in front of one of these pro-abortion baby murder mills like a Planned Parenthood clinic and you don't yell at anybody, you don't do anything. You explain to the women coming in that they have options. They have options. That because lots of these women are young, dumb, afraid, they don't know what's going on. They think it's their only option. So you, as a pro-life counselor, you stand on the sidewalk and explain, hey, we can get you free ultrasounds. Hey, we can make sure there's, there's adoption options. Hey, you explain as a counselor what their options are. And these counselors have been very effective. They've saved countless lives in the country. Mark Houck is not just not a criminal, Mark Houck is a hero who saved more lives than I ever will in my lifetime, than you ever will. He's a hero. 
And so one of these times when he was counseling out in front of a pro-life or a pro, uh, Planned Parenthood pro-abortion baby murder center, his 12-year-old son was there with him watching his father save lives. And one of these pro-abortion demons approached his son, got right up to him, called his son the F word, the, the word he used to use for a cigarette, the F word. Mark, defending his child, pushed the guy away from his son. The guy fell down. What happened after that? Guy tried to sue Mark, got tossed. No charges pressed whatsoever because it was a clear case of a father defending his son. Maybe you're waiting for me to finish the story of what else he did. That's it. That's all he did. He defended his son, no local charges pressed. But on the heels of that, the U.S. Attorney and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they decided this was a good opportunity to smash any dissent. This was a good opportunity, rest assured, that's what this was. This was a message. This was a good opportunity to send a message to you. This was a good opportunity to send a message to normal Americans. Hey, we got a lot of guns and we'll use them. This is what this was. You are now living in a nation that is so rotted, so corrupt, that we have become the country we used to make fun of, the country I've made fun of my whole life. You know those stupid jokes we used to make as kids? What is this, Russia? We are Russia. We talked today about political prisoners. Can you believe Vladimir Putin arrested his political opponent, threw him in prison for nothing? What do you think we do? That's who we are now. And you remember, you remember when I told you this. I don't care if you think Trump is the Antichrist. I don't care if you think he's the savior. This is not about Donald Trump. Wake up and grow up. This is not about Donald Trump. Is Donald Trump, are his civil rights being violated? You bet. Is what's happening to him completely unjust and wrong? Absolutely. You had better wake up and realize this is about you. They are coming for you. And when they do, you can't stop them. There is no stopping an out of control administrative state with this kind of law enforcement power at its disposal. They are quite frankly, unstoppable. People ask me if I'm afraid, you're daggone right I'm afraid. Donald Trump was the appetizer. We are the main course. Donald Trump was the gigantic signal in the sky. Hey, right-wingers, and the enemy of the Democratic Party, we now own the administrative state. They will do our bidding, and we will come hurt you. And now you're seeing it. This is going to start happening more and more. Understand that there's not some pendulum swing happening here. Oh, they've taken it too far. I hear people comfort themselves with this all the time. They've taken it too far. It's going to swing back the other way. That's not how corrupt late stage republics operate. It's not a pendulum system where it's going too far this way and it's going to go right back that way. Anyway, that's not how it goes. It gets worse and worse and worse and worse from here. And rest assured, what's happening at the FBI, it might not be your number one issue, 
It probably isn't. It's not in the minds of most Americans. They're worried about grocery bills and things. And I'm not dismissing any of that. All that stuff is real. But there is nothing more dangerous that is happening in the United States of America than what is happening at your FBI, your DOJ. What is happening at the FBI will end the United States of America. If that organization is not completely disbanded or there was not some sort of national revolt from within, it will result in the end of the country. Do you have any idea what it looks like if half the country, 60% of the country, thinks the federal law enforcement arm is the enemy and the federal law enforcement arm thinks the same thing about them? You have any idea how that goes? FBI knocks on your door today. Hey, uh, Mr. Jones, uh, we're not here for you, sir. There has been a bank robbery. We think you might have saw who did it. What are you going to say? I know. I know what you're going to say. Didn't see anything. Call my lawyer. What are you going to do when you get put on a jury and it's an FBI case? Didn't you see? We have evidence this guy's money laundering. What's going to go through your head? I'll tell you what goes through my head. Oh, you're probably lying. He's probably a right winger. That's, that's probably a lie. Do you see where this goes from here? And every single member of the Democratic Party, all the talking heads, they're all trying to explain it away. And these so-called extremist leaders are passing laws to criminalize these folks, passing laws to punish women. And what we see again with this MAGA Republican agenda is an effort to disrupt our democracy. So whether it be through November and beyond November, I think it will always be important to call out any effort there is to destroy, essentially destroy the United States of America. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. How did people get basically um, drawn in by Hitler? How did that happen? And I'd watch newsreels and I'd see this guy standing up there ranting and raving and people shouting and raising their arms. I thought, what's happened to these people? Why did they believe that? You saw the rally in Ohio the other night. Trump is there ranting and raving for uh, more than an hour. And you have these rows of young men with their arms raised. I thought, what is going on? The FBI, the Cheka, you know they think they're the good guys, right? You know when they sit down and have these meetings to discuss parents who are getting mad at school boards. You know, you, you don't want your kid to have pornography in the library. You don't want your teacher to tell him he's evil for being white. You don't want your teacher to tell him he's actually a woman. You get mad about that? The FBI has meetings and they're trying to decide how much of a domestic terrorist you are. You know in those meetings they, they don't know they're the bad guys. They think you're the bad guy. Are you starting to appreciate just how dangerous this situation is getting in this country? You want a little behind the scenes? My friend Brent, uh, Dan Bongino had former FBI agent on. Listen to this. The FBI has bought in 100% to the hype of January 6th. They've said it's the biggest investigation they've ever done, bigger than 9-11. To me, yeah. that's incredible. Said that. And I had friends that were gonna go down there, current agents, active duty, you know, guys that were carrying the badge and the gun, they were gonna go down to the rallies and for just logistical reasons, didn't make it. They were able to retire safely, probably just because of that mishap. 
because otherwise they would have been under investigation as far as I can tell. And I know that there are friends in my group- Even though they were exercising got, their First Amendment right. I know two guys that have been suspended without pay, wow. their security clearance revoked for showing up to listen to the President of the United no States No criminal speak. activity whatsoever. None. And the allegation is absurd that they were in, in, engaging in some sort of like uh, obstruction of the federal proceeding. That's the purge that's going on within the, within the walls of the FBI. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself, what's happening to the January 6th political prisoners? It's a disgrace. And you're right. It is a national disgrace, something that don't get, doesn't get talked about enough, even on the right. People just ignore these poor people who are rotting in jail. And maybe you've said something along the lines of, well, where was the FBI when Black Lives Matter and the Antifa street animals were burning down cities? Well... People associate the FBI with being this law enforcement agency when it acts like an intelligence agency. Um, they came out and <laughs> they, they would talk. And it turns out you weren't at January 6th. You didn't show up at the Capitol. You were gonna go, you said it on Facebook, but you actually didn't. But your buddy did. And here, well, what's your buddy's name? And then you tell me. All right, well, then we go talk to him. Hey, were you in the Capitol? Yeah, did you take any pictures? Yeah, can we see your phone? Oh, okay, cool. Trespassing charges. Was there a similar effort within the FBI as you saw after January 6th, which by your description is a clear full court press here to sure. get everyone involved and everyone even secondarily involved? Did you see anything similar when all these riots were breaking out with the Antifa and these BLM groups? Did we investigate those people? Did we, uh, you know, haul them down by the dozens and throw them into the D.C., uh, you know, into the D.C. jail system? Absolutely not. Are you worried yet? Again, like I said earlier, people ask me if I'm afraid. What are you afraid? You bet I'm afraid. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have a great show for you. We have things going on in the military. Good grief. Before we get to that, let's get to something good. Let's get to getting the smells out of your home. I don't mean that you keep a dirty home, and I don't mean covering up the smells. Homes, they're just paint, drywall, wood, carpet. They're just places, right? And they absorb these smells from people, from pets, from cooking, from anything you do in there. You don't really realize it till you first get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Other people do. When they come over to your home, they smell it. You don't because you live there. Get an Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Plug it in your bedroom. Come back in an hour. You can taste it in the air. These things are, it's just this little black box. They're miracles. Goes right in the outlet in the wall. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE gets you three of these things for $200 off. It's a special for my viewers. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. You will write me an email thanking me. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
before we bring Adam in, just remember we talk all the time about the purge of the military. That's what I call it. I say there are two different purges going on. There's a hard purge. You know, that's you walk in, you're trying to clear the military out of your ideological opponents. So the hard purge, the easiest way is a vaccine mandate. Who's getting out they won't take the vaccine? Of course, it's going to be people on the right. Okay, that's the hard purge. But the soft purge is probably much, much, much more damaging. You see, you push all this anti-white, everything has to be trans crap over and over and over again. The good guys, the real fighters who are in, they don't want to serve under that. They'll get out. And that next 17-year-old who you need, who wins wars for you, he's not joining. My sons won't join. I would have welcomed that. I would have pushed it to join my beloved Marine Corps now. Nope. We've already talked about it. They're not serving. Joining me now, great writer for the Free Beacon, Adam Credo, senior writer, foreign policy, national security. Adam, what's going on in the military? So we have quite a bit going on on the uh, diversity and inclusion front. Uh, today I reported on a transgender visibility seminar being held by the Air Force Academy for cadets who attend there. That's obviously to integrate them into what they say is inclusive language, including transgendered individuals um, into the academy and more of this kind of woke indoctrination that we've seen in the wider military and also at US colleges. So I think it's mirroring or paralleling that uh, uh, quite as well. The Air Force Academy also last week, as I reported, is running a course that's uh, teaching cadets to use inclusive language. It bars them from calling people terrorists or using male and female identifiers. This is a appears to be a uh, semester-long course, and it's titled Diversity and Inclusion, What It Is, Why We Care, and What We Can Do. And it teaches all of the same things that you have just been discussing, uh, what language to avoid. It even tells people to avoid calling parents mom and dad, that um, you shouldn't use these genderized, I guess to put it, uh, names referring to parents. So uh, all of that stuff, kind of what you'd expect, but still surprising to see that the institutions surrounding our, milit our military are really uh, mainstreaming a lot of the things that we see at very far left college campuses in America. Adam, the military complains about the recruitment crisis. Recruitment crisis. Recruitment is it half at what it should be. And are these people just too ideologically committed to their religion that they can't see it's because of this? Yeah, I think that's certainly the case with senior leadership and uh, maybe even leaders at, at the various schools that support the U.S. military. I think that many in leadership positions have been indoctrinated to really go all out on this gender-inclusive, non-binary, uh, woke language. And it is isolating people who have differing perspectives, especially if it's being pushed upon you, if it's being thrust upon you. I think there's a difference between wanting to pay attention to inclusivity and strengthening cohesion and on the other hand uh pushing indoctrination and forcing students who otherwise might have a differing perspective from you to adopt this kind of stuff that that's the difference there and that's the hard line as far as i see it adam what's going on in iran i, I look i don't know iranian politics i know it's a crappy regime but I see all these women cutting their hair on social media. And I'll be honest, as an ugly American, I haven't paid much attention to it. Should I? What's going on over there? 
You should, and I, I certainly don't blame you. Foreign policy is one of these things that uh, folks don't necessarily care about unless something abroad is burning down or the forces are involved. But uh, what's happening in Iran is kind of a watershed moment. And uh, activists, an Iranian activist over there was taken in by the regime thugs for not wearing her hijab, her head covering properly, and ended up being murdered. She was beaten to death. That sparked another series of nationwide protests that have been going on for about 10 days, people taking to the streets to protest this hardline regime. I'll tell you why it's particularly important. One is the silence of the Biden administration and our State Department not taking a hard line to support these democratic freedom fighters over in Iran. Again, very similarly to what the Obama administration did during the Green Revolution in Iran when, like today, they wanted a nuclear deal, so they withheld from criticizing the regime's abuses. We're seeing a repeat of that now, and uh, dissidents and activists want the Biden administration to take a harder stance. They will not, and that's because we're currently negotiating a return to the nuclear deal, the deal that has uh, brought Iran within weeks of a nuclear weapon, and a deal that will free up about a trillion dollars for the Iranian regime, money it will use to boost these security forces that beat up everyday ordinary Iranians. Adam, before we get to the, the freedom movement, you drill down on something for me. Explain the rationale, at least in the mind of Biden's and Obama's, trying to hand a bunch of cash to the world's largest state sponsor of terror. I just, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense on any level unless you just simply accept Joe Biden hates the country or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I think you have to look back first at that 2015 nuclear deal. You'll remember the Obama-Biden administration then and its officials, many of who, by the way, are in the current administration, the Biden administration now, they claim that this money that would be freed up, the billions and billions of dollars in sanctions relief, would not be spent by the Iranian regime on weapons and its military and its nuclear program, but on its economy to help the everyday people. Um, I think it was somewhat easier to believe that back then, but now we actually have the hard data. We know what the Iranian regime did. It did exactly what critics expected. It spent it on its military. It armed the Houthis in Yemen. It armed Hezbollah in Lebanon. It armed Hamas uh, outside of Israel to wage terrorism all across the region. It fueled Iranian assassination plots, some of those against U.S. officials like former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, uh, National Security Advisor John Bolton. So look, we know what Iran will do with this money. It will spend it on its military. And I think from the Biden administration's perspective now, a lot of this is hubris. Trump pulled out of the deal. Trump left it. So we have to get back into it. It's hubris. It's, it's purely doing it for the sake of doing it and not really caring about the repercussions of doing it. All right, now for the tough question when it comes to Iran. Okay, we see people, they're mad at the regime for beating that poor woman to death, and I'm glad they're mad about the regime. But there's one thing to be mad at the current regime in charge. There's another thing entirely to have a, a decent regime that can come up. Is there one of those in Iran? I'm not, I'm not expecting it to be, you know, the, the, the John Birch Society over there, but there is, is there some kind of decent, decent opposition party that could rise and take over? Yeah, there are a few, um, many of them dissident groups. There is a uh, monarchist regime that uh, exists in exile. They are opposed to the hardline regime. They claim they're poised to 
come in and uh, spread more of a democratic reform. But at this point, it's kind of unclear what exactly replaces this hardline regime. The fact that they've cracked down on dissidents within the country so much and for so many years makes it somewhat unclear what could rise up in its place. However, there are things the U.S. could do to bolster this by uh, putting money into supporting Internet services in Iran to allow pro-democratic reformers to kind of coalesce and organize things of that matter. But I, I would have to answer your question by saying that it is somewhat unclear what takes over after a hardline regime. And that always is the problem in movements where we're trying to depose or people within the country are trying to depose a uh, hardline extremist regime. Yeah. All right. This Italian woman. I don't know anything about Italian politics. Nothing. I saw that some woman got elected prime minister, God family country or something like that on the platform, but I'm not going to act like some kind of expert. And I saw all the scumbags in journalism are mad about it. What should I take about this? Anything? Yeah, I, I think you make a good point, and um, I've not followed it as close as I might should, but I, I've noticed the same trend that you have, that the headlines uh, in America are far-right extremist rises to power. However, the evidence to support these claims is somewhat tenuous, right? And I think this is something that you see repeated, whether it's in Italy or anywhere else in the world, where a uh, government or a regime that is slightly more to the right than what the mainstream press would regularly accept is um, actually smeared. And we don't know how this government will rule yet because they're not in place. But yet the uh, media here in America, when they're providing Americans a window into the world, they're smearing it with their lens, their own worldview, where it really should be reported neutrally, at least to start what has happened and why it has happened, not uh, why this person is someone you should be frightened of because they lean to the right. That, that's kind of been my basic takeaway from the coverage here in America. Adam, appreciate you, man. Come back soon. Always. All right. David Limbaugh, good man, Russia's brother. He's going to join us next, has some things to say. It might be pleasant to hear. Also, something else that's pleasant to hear. We talk all the time about putting our money where our morals are. And let's be honest, there are some ways it's virtually impossible. Uh, car shopping. Y'all looking for a new car, a new truck? Go find the automaker that didn't go full woke every chance they got. From Pride Month to Black Lives Matter. Go find the one. You can't. You can't. Health insurance gives you options. Well, an option. OneShare Health is a faith-based insurance company. They're not going to trash you and your values, not going to trash your country, and they'll save you money. Great coverage options, great prices. Why are you still with that horrible insurance company? Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly, promo code Jesse Kelly. My.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Promo code Jesse Kelly gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. How about that? All right. Talk to David Limbaugh next. You don't have to 
change your faith or abandon your faith or your or your deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling a woman what to do with her body hmm. that is interesting i don't i don't remember reading that in the bible or hearing hearing that in church maybe i'm wrong though you know let's ask somebody who would know better than me David Limbaugh, author of a book you might enjoy a lot and might be really good for all of us to read. I have read it myself. The Resurrected Jesus, The Church in the New Testament. David, before we get to the book, let's get to this. These communists are always doing this, and I've seen so many in America on the right fall for this, have their values used against them. The second you stand against these people in anything, it's always, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't want that. Jesus wanted the border open. Jesus would want you to kill all your babies. Forget about them. They suck. Us. Why are we so susceptible to this? I don't know. I think a lot of people on our side are naive, and they don't realize how sinister the left is. I, I, I've been, we've been talking about this for years. Rush talked about it. I, I think one of the greatest threats to America's existence and, and, and one of the toughest things about us surviving is the right waking up. We know the left is evil. They're operating under evil uh, machinations. And we conservatives have got to realize the gravity of the evil. Trump would have never come to the fore if it weren't for the outrageousness and extremism of the left. Too many people on our side want to compromise and get along. You can't compromise with evil. You can't compromise with people who are glorifying and celebration the murder of babies or the mutilation of children or the disintegration of moral and intellectual uh, values and, and the disintegration of law and order in our cities. How do you compromise with that? Every time we compromise, we move the football further to the left. We need to stand for what we believe in for a change. You talk about how we always move to the left. Well, we've always moved to the left, David. I'm 41 years old. We've moved to the left my whole life. And I know your brother dedicated his life, and you've dedicated so much of your life to stopping that, to finally shifting that Overton window back to the right. But let's be honest, we've never pulled it off. It only moves left. Is it possible to move right? If Russian, you can't do it, who can? I, I really do get discouraged sometimes, but... That's when you have to uh, yeah. rely on God and get back to your spiritual roots because I ultimately do think, I ultimately am optimistic because I think the further the left reveals itself out in the open, the more extreme they get, the more blowback they're going to get. And I disagree with these people who say uh, the left, the Democrats are gaining on us in the polls, we're going to actually lose. This is more propaganda. The only way they'll come close to saving the Senate uh, and the House is if they cheat. Now, we know they're going to cheat. The question is, can we stop them? But there's no way in a fair vote they even come close in either house, in my opinion. Okay. The Mark Houck story, I know you've been following it, of course. The 30 FBI agents sent into the home of a man who was simply a pro-life activist. And that's why. Everyone knows that's why they were there. That's why they did it. This is what worries me. It worries me that this is an intimidation tactic that is meant for every activist on the right. Sit down, shut up, we'll send federal agents to your door. It worries me that it's an effective intimidation tactic, David. You're telling me the next father of five who wants to go down to a pro-abortion baby murdering factor and maybe minister to those people, he's not going to take into account the feds might come? No, I'm with you. I totally agree. Everything to the left is political. Everything is politicized. So the Department of Justice is now wholly politicized. 
the bureaucracy is staffed the entire administrative bureaucracy at the federal level is staffed with unelectable unelected unaccountable bureaucrats they have implemented a two tier system of justice they're going after this guy when they haven't done anything to the people uh, on the left who have attacked pro life causes and pro life centers and institutions there's been a hundred of those documented by Jack Cashel in, in an article about this on uh, I, what's the name the American thinker and so th this is so obvious what they're doing this was barely a petty offense the guy he, he this how took his 12 year old son to 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 his to the clinic to protest and this this guy taunted him attacked him caused called him a fag and the father and other insults the father pushed him the guy falls big deal they didn't arrest him at the time and then later they they have a political arrest and the prosecutor is bragging about it this i'm i'm a lawyer and i've always been proud of our profession but i can no longer be proud of the things that are going on the, the attorney's offices are are totally political and not not about justice in cases like this and and it's horrifying to me and yes it has a deterrent effect on those who want to properly protest on from our side david tell me about the book the resurrected jesus so give it to me it is uh, my fifth book in my my fifth christian themed book. I've written six political books. This one I wrote it with my daughter, uh, Kristen uh, Limbaugh Bloom. And it is, the last book was Jesus is Written. It was about the book of Acts, the history of the early church, and the first six of the Apostle Paul's epistles to the churches. This continues marching through the New Testament. Uh, I already covered the Gospels, and I covered Acts and the first six of Paul's epistles. This is the final seven of Paul's epistles, the prison epistles that he wrote under house arrest in Rome and the three pastoral epistles he wrote to his colleagues and understudies, Timothy and Titus. What we do in a nutshell is go through chapter and verse of the actual Bible, of these books of the Bible, and intersperse commentary and our own insights, commentary and scholarship from people all the way back to the early church fathers, all the way up through church history, the best scholars, get their best insights, trying to help the lay reader the person that's not that familiar with the Bible to become more familiar with it, to become less intimidated, to be inspired to read it. And so hopefully they'll draw closer to God. We've also added another element on this book, and this is primarily my daughter's doing. In addition to helping me with the text, she authored all these prayers all the way through the text. And, and they're designed to draw the reader closer to the text, to interact with it, and obviously then to draw closer to God in the process. The book is The Resurrected Jesus. Go get it, David. I appreciate you very much, sir. Please come back. Hey, Joe, I really appreciate your work very much, especially on Twitter and on this, on this podcast. Thanks so much for asking me to come on. Thank you, sir. Good man right there. All right. We're not done. We're not even close to being done. And you, you have things to do. You have to make preparations. Preparations for anything. What, what is the future going to bring? I don't know. You don't know. I joke about being the oracle, but I really don't know. I do know this, though. The more out of control things seem around me and how crazy it's getting and the economy and the food and, the, and the everything else, as wild as things get around me, it gives me peace of mind to make preparations. Do you have an emergency food supply for yourself and everyone who lives in your home? Does your mom? Does your dad? Sisters, brothers, 
three months. You need three months worth of food in your home. Now, I don't know how to do that. You don't know how to do that. My Patriot Supply, that's what they do. They have an emergency three-month food kit for my viewers, because they partnered with the show, for $250 off. Go to preparewithjessikelly.com and you'll see emergency three-month food kits. They've done all the work for you. They ship it to your home, unmarked boxes, shipping's free. Preparewithjessikelly.com. Go. We'll be back. There is something that makes me smile from time to time. And I'm not telling you it should make you smile, right? Because it makes me smile because I'm a bad person. You don't want to be a bad person. You don't want to be like me. So I'm not saying that, but this is what it is. I love history. You probably love history too. And I read about these corrupt communist regimes. And one of the things that makes me smile is looking back on history, you see how many communists have been killed by communists? How many get utterly destroyed? Because remember, it's a religion of destruction and domination. There's no extra step, that's what it is. So they end up destroying each other too. We talked about it before, but Stalin would take his NKVD and he would put a NKVD guy in charge of a region and he would give the guy a quota to kill. He would force him, hey, uh, 50,000 people, you gotta kill him. And the guy would go, he would usually kill more than 50,000 because who doesn't like to overachieve for the boss, right? And then inevitably, there'd be backlash on Stalin. People were upset. Stalin would always blame the NKVD guy and shoot him too. It was one of those things. It became well-known as an NKVD guy. It was a death sentence if you got put in charge of a region because you knew you had to go kill a bunch of people and you knew you were going to die in the end. In the end, we're dealing with a demonic monster here that is not loyal to anything or anyone. In the end, they all get eaten. In the end, you have to prove yourself constantly to be loyal, not to this person or that person or this group or that, that group. You have to prove to be loyal to the monster at all times. Which brings us to Jen Psaki. I told you back when everyone was making fun of her as press secretary, because she was, you gotta circle back on that. I used to tell you all the time, what did I tell you? Jen Psaki's outstanding at her job. Her job's not to answer questions. She's the voice of an extremely dishonest, corrupt regime. Her job is not to answer questions. Her job is to lie. And she got up every single day, avoided answering questions, and lied through her teeth over and over again. And what else did I tell you? I told you this repeatedly. Longtime viewers of the show will remember this. What else did I tell you? People would say, ah, oh, isn't she worried about Joe Biden losing his job or Joe Biden losing re-election? And I told you then, I said, no, the system takes care of its own. Long before she actually made the move, I told you, Jen Psaki's not worried about Joe Biden's re-election. She's going to walk right off that podium. She's either going to go get a job at a university. She'll be working for CNN, MSNBC. She's got, a, she's got a, the ultimate golden parachute because she's loyal to the system. But there's something else. It's not just that you have to be loyal to the system. Many, many loyal communists found themselves lined up against the wall and shot in the back of the head, and that doesn't gain you anything. 
You have to be useful to the system. And the second you cease becoming useful to the system, well, you're treated just like all the other system's enemies are. Who's been telling you for a while that Joe Biden was going down? I have. Jen Psaki got on TV this weekend, had this to say. Look, I think that Democrats, if the election is about uh, who is the most extreme, then they're going to win. Mm -hmm. um, if it is a referendum on the president, they will lose, and they know that. Mm. Mm -mm. Now that is something. Go on television and just slip a knife in between your old boss's ribs. You've been out of the White House for like 15 minutes. How could she do such a thing? Maybe you're, maybe you're making the obvious ob observation right now and you're saying to yourself, well, it's because she's a redhead, and that's a good point. But that's actually not the reason. The reason is Joe Biden has ceased becoming useful to the system. So Joe Biden must go. You remember, do you remember what I told you? This is way back in April. I know you hang on my every word, but do you remember when I told you this? I think the powers that be are tired of Joe Biden, frustrated with him, and I think this entire thing is a coordinated effort to get Joe Biden to resign after the midterms. They're getting ready to dump him. And you know what? At least take some joy in that. It brings me joy. You have this corrupt piece of trash, Joe Biden, who's been a corrupt, vindictive, vicious piece of trash for his entire career, and he finally goes out there, runs for president, wins the election, walks into the White House, he thinks he's got it made, he's just as nasty and vindictive now as he ever has been, crapping all over the country, calling you a domestic terrorist. But in the end, Joe, the communists are coming for you too, because you're just not useful for the system anymore. All right, we, we have a great light in the mood for you today. Before we get to light in the mood, chalk. I've been telling you about chalk for a while. C-H-O-Q, chalk. Because I've lacked, I lack any faith now in our medical institutions. Don't get me wrong, I'll still go to the doctor, get my blood work done, things like that. If God forbid I need surgery, I'll go get one. But I don't believe that I can find health with doctors anymore. I've just lost so much faith in it. I focus much more on working out, eating better, and natural herbal supplements. That's what I want. I go to Chalk because it's not only a hardcore anti-communist company, U.S. manufacturing. I go to Chalk because it's natural herbal supplements, and I haven't felt this good in years. You know they have a male vitality stack? It's one of the many things they sell. 20% increase in your testosterone in just 90 days, naturally. Ladies have a female vitality stack. They have more herbal supplements than you can count. And they have a deal right now, 35% off the entire store for my viewers. You have to go to choq.com, promo code JESSE. Chalk.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. And one of the things I've always found so fascinating about this world we live in now, about the United States of America, is Nancy Pelosi. Because, just wrap your mind around this, she is an elected official. People have to go vote for her. She's an elected official. And right, left, center, she's just 
the most detestable, unlikable human being on the planet. It's wild. And she's risen to be Speaker of the House. She's not only elected, she's risen to be Speaker of the House. And she, honestly, I've said it many times, she's like a Disney movie villain. Nobody, no one in the history of mankind has ever looked at Grandma Vodka and said, man, I wish we could hang out. I, I would love to hang out with her. It's never happened. That's just a nasty human being. So whenever Nancy Pelosi gets booed, it makes me smile. I couldn't talk about it. good. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.